0: Hey guys buckle up for another episode of below the iceberg the one and only podcast where we talk to real-life two comma club winners whether you're a small business owner an entrepreneur a wannabe entrepreneur or you've been in business for a while you're sure to pick up some tip bits of actionable advice from these million-dollar entrepreneurs now if you're new around here and you don't know what a two comma club winner is It is where somebody has built one funnel inside the ClickFunnels software and sold $1 million through just that one funnel, which is an absolute fantastic achievement. Now, in today's episode, I'm super excited to be talking to Gary and Sammy from ACTS Token. Gary used to work for Grant Cardone and Tony Robbins, and they came together to build ACTS token. Now, they went from zero to Two Comma Club in seven months with zero paid ads. So let's dive in and find out how they achieved that so quickly. Okay, so welcome to Below the Iceberg. So we have Gary and Sammy. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Awesome. So I want to say a massive congratulations for getting a Two Comma Club Award.
2: Thank Thank you. you.
0: That is a fantastic achievement. Now, what I like to do with my guests is I like to go and have a look at their social media profiles. And this shows our listeners what is possible with small followings and big followings and what you can achieve. So I went and checked you out and... Instagram. I see you've got one thousand one hundred forty-five followers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you know your social media stats or not.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, we don't. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, we're not the not... type of guys to uh, yeah. just frantically reload and check and check our followers. It's funny
0: all. because when I do this bit with guests, mm-hmm. they're like, "Really? Yeah, yeah." They don't even know their stats, but it's it's interesting for our listeners. um Facebook page. You've got one point one thousand followers. I found yep. you on TikTok. I see you've just started your TikTok.
2: Yeah, TikTok's a little bit... Um, I, I think we're... I taking think we're a little more time to get top, that off the ground. i having the right person for <laughs> TikTok.
0: And then you're on Twitter as well. Which is your main social media profile that you like to use?
2: The, the Facebook business page is our primary one. It's because uh-huh. that's where the main avatar of our um, primary people coming into the token in our financial training um they're mainly on facebook okay
0: awesome so facebook's the main one so would you like to tell our listeners exactly what it is you do
2: Yeah, yeah let me take it away so um we we have taken the concept of masterminds or paying people paying tuition usually for an lms as well as a mastermind community and instead of just you know having them pay with credit card or PayPal or something like that. We moved that into the cryptocurrency world by allowing people to pay for an NFT and the NFT gives them rights and privileges. And those rights and privileges are the same things that you would put in a value stack, essentially. Now, the cool part about that is with an NFT, anybody has the right to sell or gift it to anybody else. And hmm. with a traditional mastermind, what if you bought a mastermind, uh, five years ago for like two grand when somebody was up and coming, but now they're selling it for 25 grand. And you're kind of like, Hey, I don't need this training anymore. Can I sell my membership to somebody new at the 25,000 price? Wouldn't it be nice if you, if you did that, right? Okay. Well, most mastermind creators don't they're all are feel a little weird about you profiting off of their increased price. Yeah. So with an NFT, because it's the membership is your property and you have the right to dispose of it, sell it or whatever it is. Um, we use that as a way for people to send essentially say, when I trust you with this tuition, I'm paying for the knowledge for me. Uh-huh. But I also uh-huh. trust that you're taking this money to enhance your program even more so that you can build a value ladder and then in continuously in pre- increase the value of the the nft thereby making even my investment more valuable
1: so right.
2: okay. um, yeah yeah so we so through that and then we created a complementary cryptocurrency token that goes with the nft
0: okay so yeah. who do you sell your product to
2: um well our primary avatar it's um it's primarily women who are looking to increase their financial understanding, um, their you know, financial mastery, um, increase their financial thermostat per se. You know, um let let's say you're an average sixty-five thousand dollar a year earner. Even if you come into more money, you make decisions to bring yourself back to the sixty-five thousand, unless you do certain things in terms of coaching or mindset upgrades that allow you to then look at yourself and really identify as a hundred thousand dollar a year earner or a hundred fifty thousand dollar a year earner and we look at these different like milestones of of money as like where people need to you know understand another financial principle to get there so um those are the people we're really you know focusing on not to say we don't just focus on women but a high majority of people that um are attracted to what we're doing is is because I would say a lot of financial systems are set up to kind of disenfranchise women um you know, whether it's you know salary um discrepancies or even the way like patriarchal relationships it's like, uh, we get married, you had a career, I have a career, but now you're gonna put your career on hold to raise the kids, yeah eighteen years later hey i I got a new girlfriend. It's like your son's graduation, and now you're being told like yeah I'm getting divorced.' Well, now you have this 18-year gap in your resume. You're going to go out there and try to find a new job. And so, like, you know, so we we, we kind of see that as, um, you know, where also we gr- we can grow the most in terms of um, adoption and leveling up. So
0: Right. Okay, so yeah. you're selling. So are you selling it to people who've got a membership and they're selling the NFTs or not? No
2: though the initial purchase is they do get a membership for themselves
0: right okay but
2: that membership nft is the same thing
0: yeah but they're getting that with you it's not Mm -hmm. um they're getting they're buying this nft Mm -hmm. into your membership
2: that's correct. correct right
0: okay and what does your membership teach them
1: yeah. Uh, financial literacy cryptocurrency uh, if you're stuck how to get out of your own way it's recipe for success like like the one percent daily what you should do to become who you're supposed to be
0: right okay i get it and- right so what type of funnel did you build to win your two comma cup?
1: so we kind of like my brain is the one that like starts at the magazine from the back and then goes to the front so when i was talking to the team i was like hey some of our friends have these two comic club, right? And I'm competitive and a little bit <laughs> jealous and I want one now, right? <laughs> so so how does it work? What's the system? How many people do you have to have? What's the numbers? What do we have to do? Can I just run a million dollars through it? You know, I'm saying stuff like this. And so once you figure out what the system is, we already have a, a business established. We're, we're, you know, for quite a few years, I'm on the road training for like Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, you know, you go to Wealth Expo to buy the real estate training. I'm the guy coming out doing the training. All so right. now we have we we have all that you know in the mindset training with us and and so once the team understood cuz I'm not the tech guy so they got to explain it to me differently right so <laughs> I'm like explain the tech to me differently once we understood it we're like okay great now we can implement that into our business model of what we're doing and we'll make sure and we'll make sure that everything flows uh, accordingly, so you know, we we might have did it uh, you know a little different than everybody else because we had zero paid ads, all organic. All
2: right, uh,
1: we 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 figured out what the parameters are, uh, and when I see funnel hacking, to me that means read Russell's rules of how it works, find out the best way to do it, and then hack that system into your life with what makes sense for you. And then so we started. Uh, what sam maybe end of january this year and then we got a little busy with the funnel doing our stuff and then we had Mm -hmm. our own mastermind and about five days before the deadline cut off yeah one of our team guys was like
2: hey if we don't get our stuff in in five days we're gonna have to wait till next year Uh (laughs) so So on on the technical side we built a front-end funnel that um so we didn't do any paid traffic everything was Mm -hmm. friends and family and they would send their friends to our front end funnel and those friends registered and said i'm interested in the x uh, token and the financial training and then either we had a short live webinar with them or we had a chat sequence that would say hey are you interested do we need to answer any questions for you okay let's transact so okay
0: so what was the front end funnel was it a uh, what were you giving them
2: Oh, uh, um, we're just giving them information and a FAQ and All it right. was just a, a registration name, email address, phone number, and I'm, you know, the dollar amount that I'm interested in coming in at.
0: Right. Okay. And, so then they yeah, watched, yeah. they watched a short webinar. And Then what did you do? Did you, did you send them to a sales page or did they have to book a call to talk to you?
2: No, we, we transacted with them. Some people we transacted with, we didn't even talk to them. They were, I'm ready oh. to make a decision. Then we said, here's the financial information, how you get the money to us. They got the money to us. We verified payment. We logged that payment. We matched it in the CRM so that every one of all the dollars were attributed through coming in via the front end funnel. All
0: right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh... you
0: had five days to go to get the... The million dollars through the funnel how did you what did you do to oh, make that well, happen?
2: No, um, no no we had the On money a five day deadline yeah we yeah, already we had we, the money we, through by then yeah. we had like 1.1.7 million in the funnel already so we had achieved it we had achieved it it's just the deadline to submit all the stuff oh, right i see
0: oh, yeah. well,
1: yeah, yeah, that yeah one, we're yeah. Do, doing our Dallas mastermind, and we got a list of you got to do this, you got to have a loom, uh, you got to right, have, that. and it. everything that everything that they require. When yeah. we're, we we thought it was just because <laughs> I said this. You mean they can't see our funnel? <laughs> It's, it's what I can't get. Can't they just look at our funnel and see nearly two million dollars and it just go with that? The team was like, No, no, we gotta go through no. their process. I was like, got it. So it's a little bit of a scramble to
2: just, you know. yeah uh, And we right. didn't even Is find it... out we were going to Orlando until like six days before the the first day of the conference. Because oh, we it? were so late getting our stuff in, right, yeah.
0: Uh right, okay. So yeah. when you so the plant that you had the goal to get the two comma club when you realized mm-hmm. you'd done the million so mm-hmm. were you watching the numbers to get that million?
2: Oh yeah yeah and uh-huh. and and he, so kind of as we were building our offer when we got from zero dollars in the funnel to a hundred something thousand there was always something we needed to do to refine the offer or fix something with the front end or uh-huh. fix something with our essentially our tech for our business and then after we fixed that we would go from 100,000 to 300,000 and then when we we're at 300,000 and we felt like we were kind of stagnant we went back and looked at it and said what are we missing like what where are we missing the mark and then we went from 300,000 to 500,000 in like eight days Oh wow! and then we went from 500,000 to 800,000 in seven days so it was like you know it, essentially the marketplace is now voting with their wallet and saying, "You uh-huh. have put together an irresistible offer that I would be a fool not to get involved with." And then we cracked a, mil- and then from eight hundred thousand to a million, it took like three days. And then we, then we hit our million.
0: So what? How? What so. was the time scale from the zero to the million then?
2: Uh, seven months.
0: Okay, so that was yeah. pretty quick. So how much was your offer?
2: Uh, starts at five hundred dollars and it went all the way up to five thousand dollars
0: okay and you haven't run any yeah. ads
2: no nope. No, it was a hundred percent friends and family and the way that we also did that was we had a nice healthy referral for anybody you brought in and we thought that would be the best way is we incentivized everybody to become an affiliate right okay yeah and then like similar like a network marketing style some people brought in someone that person brought in someone and brought Mm -hmm. now we weren't paying like seven levels deep of overrides (laughs) it's only one generation because we're not a network marketing deal but we hit a vein with like four ladies who are professional network marketers and then like they did like 400 grand in like seven days I did just them Uh alone because they're like this is this is awesome and it's, it wasn't a violation of their network marketing current company because it wasn't overrides and like things like that so it was it was either finding veins of like more of our ideal customers or it was refining our offer to get to seeing like big jumps in money
0: okay, and, said, and when did you how did you decide on who your avatar was for this offer?
2: Oh, it was super early. Um, yeah, probably even yeah. before it, this iteration of this offer. <clears throat> when when we first got found, when we first founded, and we said who do we want to help, right? Who who needs the most help and who has the potential to grow and explode mm-hmm. and become? You know, we just thought, you know what? I have three daughters, so I'm a huge believer in like woman power, you know. And I just I said, you know what? The people in the marketplace that are kind of essentially got some things stacked against them and made to believe that they can't be more a lot of that is women and right, we, and, okay. and so yeah
0: so when you hit the million dollars did you have a little celebration
2: yeah we had a yeah we had a we had a celebration zoom
0: <laughs>
2: when, when we when we broke that you know that that two commas and we got pretty excited about it took a little deep breath and then realized like the marketplace wanted more so we just kept going all All the way to like 1.8 yeah
0: awesome okay so let's do a little bit of a rewind now i'm going to take you back to your childhood so let's start with you gary what was your childhood like
1: uh i i grew up with not a lot of money so i had to figure things out differently I, i had a family member who did uh do quite well financially so you know i i got like a Bird's eye view of that. And, uh you know, growing up, I mean, I, you know, a joke of people. I, uh, elementary school, I sold candy on the playground
2: oh, for you? a side
1: hustle. You'll get in trouble by your principal. Principal would call, my dad would be just like, don't get caught. You know, <laughs> junior high, I'm selling firecrackers, which are <laughs> illegal, but I had a buddy's brother who go to <laughs> Chinatown, San Francisco, get them for me. I get them a quarter of a pack, mark them up a dollar. Because I needed to be creative about making my own stuff, doing my own stuff, getting, and if I wanted to have, you know, things other people did, I had to, I had to figure it out. So I always kept that, that hustle, uh, you know, until I was uh, 20 and I got a rare form of hepatitis C and got sent home on hospice to die. And so spoiler alert, I didn't, I'm here. I'm with you guys. You know, that, that's what, <laughs> when I, what, what I would teach on stage for, you know, Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone teaching the real estate stuff. That was always my favorite joke is like, spoiler alert, I didn't die. I'm here with you. And so that slowed me down a little bit health wise, but I still had that, you know, ingrained hustle in me to, you know, get back on my feet, you know, get off my deathbed. I had a daughter to raise. I got a, I got a daughter and a, and a son now and a, I'm uh, just turned 51 and I'm a brand new grandpa. I, oh, I go right, okay.
0: so, so when, when you were a child, what was the dream? What did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I, I don't know that I had one particular dream. I just wanted more than what we currently had.
0: Right. Okay. And,
1: and I was okay. Any direction, as long as it was forward, moving forward. And, you know, and I got the terminology for it now, back then, I just knew it was, as long as it was honest. So as long as it's more illegal and ethical. You know, when I was a kid, it's just, as long as I can just honestly go a direction, I'm okay going that direction if it provides more than I have now.
0: Okay. And did you go to college? I did not. Okay. Okay. I, I
1: I tried a semester of business class. My professor and I didn't see eye to eye because I had a real business in the real world and he was teaching theoretical stuff and the two don't mix.
0: Right. Okay. So what what were you doing in the real world then? at that
1: time time, i was doing gift wrapping in balloons with a machine called a classy wrap where you reverse vacuum out the balloons and you could put items in it and then and then and then you know for for a present the wrapping paper would be a balloon and i was like at nordstrom's in uh uh the bay area you know i do flea markets on the weekends and you know always something to to be hustling back then
0: and how did you get into that how did you get into balloons
1: uh, I think I did a uh, balloon arch for our church as a volunteer thing. And I did such a w- great job with it that I had other jobs come of it. And then I was like, and then, and then somehow like in a trade magazine, you know, cause this is, you know, I joke with people, this is back in the late 1900s. So, <laughs> so we didn't have internet back then. <laughs> so I think I saw that in a trade magazine and I was like, I was like, well, I could just stay in one place and have people bring me stuff and I could get a balloon for, 42 cents and i could put it in the vacuum and hit the thing and open up the mouth and turn it on and people watch it and then charge them 20 bucks and it takes me three minutes and i'm like this is gonna you know i i mean i you know i'm like this is this is better than what i'm doing now so i started doing that and i i'm if i remember right that darn machine back then was like 1500 bucks
0: all right how did how did you afford to how did you afford to start that then
1: I I was uh, still hustling and, and buying and selling stuff and and was always uh, uh, in California. We call it curbing cars. I was I would buy and fix up and sell cars on the side.
0: Oh right, okay. But
1: but, but if I saw something that I needed, I would just go do it. I'm like that thing's fifteen hundred dollars, and that fifteen hundred dollars is going to start you know making a uh, hundred bucks an hour for me. If I want to do it, I, I'm going to figure out how to go get the money.
0: Okay, and how did you? go from that. How did you, so you worked, you said you worked with Tony Robbins and Grant Cullen. How did that come about?
1: Uh, I got in the automobile industry as a finance manager. You work a lot, but you make a lot of money uh, in there. Uh, I met a buddy who was buying and selling foreclosures. And so he bought actually a, uh, a famous rapper's uh, house out of foreclosure in Oakland. That's somebody I listened to struck my attention. So I learned from Henry. I started buying in and selling uh, houses, and then I realized that somebody else probably knew more than I did, so I actually went to a paid training in early 2000s, All right. and at that and at that paid training, I just was me, you know, and in a seminar environment, I will work the room properly, and so, and so me being me a short amount of time, the president and vice president of the company asked if I would go out and start training for them. It's like day three of the seminar, I'm there to learn, and they're like, hey, would you come out and help us on the road? So I talked those guys into giving me the rest of my training for free. That was my first paid <laughs> training gig,
2: my, my hundred
1: thousand dollar, uh, uh, education uh, the second half, the second 50 grand. I'm like, if you guys want me to come out and train for you, you guys should just give me that free so we can make sure we're saying the same things. And then that branched out into, into other folks, you know, to shark, some of the shark tank guys and HGTV and different folks.
0: Awesome. So how long did you do that for?
1: about 14 years oh, on wow. and off the road yeah you'll you'll learn you'll it's either in your blood or not you'll be a road warrior you'll spend half of your life gone in a hotel somewhere and so you know you you like the public would go to the wealth Expo they would see somebody for training and you see Robert Herschelback or Damon John or somebody and so you're given you know that establishment 25 grand plus you know for the three-day life training but I'm the guy coming out boots on the ground to do the training with you
0: right i see awesome so what about you sammy what was it like growing up as a child for you
2: so um my parents came uh immigrated from south korea to the united states in the early 70s and um you know like a lot of immigrants whatever he was formerly trained for in college he was not able to have that sort of career in the united states right and so he became an entrepreneur and um very quickly, he understood this concept of see a need, fill a need. And, um, you know, so whenever he had a business, uh, you know, like whenever Mother D- Mother's Day would come, I would go with him on like Saturday morning to the local nursery and we'd fill the, the van with like tulips. And then we would sell out all Saturday, right? And then Christmas would come and then we'd go get poinsettias. And, you know, Easter would come and like, and, and I realized like, whenever I would go with my dad, even though he wasn't like, Hey, Sammy, see this situation, these people are going to pay $10 for something that we could buy for $2. He wasn't putting it on paper, yeah. but he was modeling for me what an entrepreneur does. So then, uh, my cousins tell me this is their favorite story about me. Um, we went to summer camp. And I brought a huge duffel bag, and my youth pastor was like, "What the heck is in that duffel bag?" And I open it up, and I have like three hundred dollars worth of candy and soda. <laughs> and my cousins see my cabin with a line of kids continuously coming in and out. And by the end of that retreat, I was like this, <laughs> and my and my cousins said that that he will never be. Like he will always be an entrepreneur because the previous year, when I went to summer camp, the snack bar was terrible, (laughs) nothing good. So I realized, oh, I mean, I told my mom, I need $300 worth of snacks. And I told her why my mom was on board. Right. So, so when you get that little taste of entrepreneurial, like, Uh you know, like winning, it's pretty hard to be someone's employee. So, you know, I went to a traditional college, very thankful to go to a really good, you know, school. And, um, and then I got a great job right out of school.
0: Yeah. And what I, did you do? I, I,
2: so I, I, I went, I studied business administration at um, Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. And I got, my first job was at PricewaterhouseCoopers, you know, and a great job. And then like my third board meeting as I was on, you know, I was uh, kind of farmed out to a client. You know, I said something along the line of that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And I was telling the client that, and then I proceeded to explain why their idea was so bad and the elegance of our proposed solution was so good. And the crazy part was I was right. And the senior manager in the meeting who looked mortified was like, Sammy, I know you're right, but there's a different way to communicate exactly what you need to say. Cause we, the customers are the ones paying our bills. Later on that year, by accident, I saw that the company was invoicing $289 an hour for me. And I was getting maybe like sixty-five grand a year at that time as an entry-level consultant. And I was like, $289 an hour? And I'm getting <laughs> like, what's going on here? <laughs> and there was one salesman who worked for our whole practice. He drove a Maserati. He came and went, and he pleased. He played golf with all the client the client managers. I'm like, why does John get to do that, and why am I here nine to five? Cause he sells. He's a closer. And I got to know him, and then there was something inside of me like, you know what? If I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna get into sales. And that, you know, and that's kind of where that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial thing. To be like, hey, this. W 2 thing, it's for the birds. I can't do that. <laughs> and
0: so, and, what did yeah. you do? What was your next step then to get into sales?
2: <clears throat> well, I went into the family business first and I helped my dad retire. And then I learned a lot about an entrepreneurial business, but I just, I was on the economic roller coaster. And I realized a traditional brick and mortar business is terrible. Having a business with employees it's not the best thing in the world tons (laughs) of stress and then Uh at some point we sold everything and i went into straight commission sales
0: and what were you you selling
2: i started with real estate all right okay and i i did realist residential real estate up until the point when i realized that women are going to tell you everything they don't like about a house. And they're going to ask to look at 17 more before they make a decision. And I was like, I can't, I can't do residential real estate anymore. (laughs) This is not for me. You know, I just don't have the personality for it, but I loved commission-based sales because there's no cap on what you can make. So I started looking every time I made a move, it was an iterative improvement to be like, I want to stay in sales. I want to control my product. I want to control my price but I'm going to try a different industry or a different thing. And I always made like diagonal moves of upgrades into what I was doing.
0: So. And when you were a child, did you have a dream of what you wanted to be?
2: Um, well, the, the, the dream was always do better than what your parents' generation did. Essentially, we left Korea dirt poor. And we worked really hard to give you a really good life. And we got you into college and just do better than what your parents have done.
0: Right. Okay.
2: And, and, you know, bring honor to the family name and all that, you know, Asian, you know, familial stuff. But more than that was, Hey, make your dad proud, but do better than him. So the dream was always, Hey, I want to run my own business and I want to run a business bigger than my dad. Not because yeah. I wanted to prove something to him, yeah. but more the aspiration was, "Hey, you're standing on my shoulders, son. Like, do better than me." And and so that's really what it was.
0: All right. Okay. So how did you two come together?
2: You, you want to tell? Yeah, we a actually story, met gosh? in a uh,
1: different entrepreneurial group, and I was training for everybody on the road, and I was feeling like it was time to move to my own thing. You know, switch up the real estate training more to the mindset uh, uh, coaching and help you get out of your own way and deliver it at a cheaper value, All right? So that's in my head, and so I posted in the group, "Hey, I'm thinking about leaving the folks that I'm doing this with and maybe going a different direction. Should I? Should I maybe get licensed with this other person as like bridging the gap?" And everybody in in typical Facebook groups. Uh, they like to answer and then they like to give you what they think you want to hear. So it was like, sounds like a great idea. You know, and you get all this stuff and Sammy DMS me and he's like, dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> he, he's like, you're better than the brand you're going to. You are the brand. Uh, uh, I wanted to tell you here to not to offend everybody else, but he's like everybody else is just giving you lip service. He's like, absolutely, don't do that, right? And Sam and Sammy and I don't know each other that well. He doesn't know how I'm going to react to this comment, right? And he doesn't. He doesn't know that that's actually the answer I'm looking for. I'm just like, geez, just give me some honest feedback. And so he gave me the honest feedback, and then and then, uh, what year was that? Was that 2018?
2: 2000- 18. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so we just found out that we had more in common, uh, then, uh, met in person at an event, started talking together. He helped me early with a, uh, website and then it just kind of, it just kind of formed from there.
0: All right. Okay. And, and how, when did you start using ClickFunnels? How did you come into contact with ClickFunnels?
2: Well, that that digital entrepreneur community that we started getting involved uh with, um, essentially on their front end funnel that converted us, there was somebody with a gold record, right? And so that gold Uh record of legitimacy was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then as we started to build our offer and go, hey, we know we need to raise a million at a minimum. Why don't we just look at the rules of the two comma club Uh and make sure that we qualify for everything? And so... That's how we kind of decided, like, let's use ClickFunnels. And we and me and Gary both don't know how to use ClickFunnels, but we hired an expert right, and right. made him a part of our success. That's the other thing is a lot of people love hiring a digital contractor. And then when you go to Orlando, they never get to share in the success or the growth. Yeah. Well, our guy, Brandon, we wanted to make sure. So he's on the award with us. Uh-huh. And, you know, um, and that was a big part of honoring him because he did a lot of stuff to make sure our funnels were working and the zaps were working and the SMS and the emails and everything was all set up. And, you know, like making the click funnel work, it's a pain in the butt if you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) And the technical overwhelm that you can have can freeze you from doing what you need to do. Well, Gary does the financial training. I do the front end closing anybody that doesn't close in like five minutes, I send them to Gary. So we have a whole system in place, but the technical side, we just realized we just need to find an expert and make them a part of our success. And that's what we did. I mean, look, some of the people at Orlando that they're, they're the only name on their two comma award. I think it's super impressive, you know, and they got, you know, there's every type of, you know, niche and product Uh out there. Yeah, but we just decided if we're going to win we're going to win as a team yeah and we're going to do it together so.
0: so you came together you met up how did you actually f- decide to form a company together though when you didn't really know each other because a lot uh, of people we were, go into this and they're like and they don't it doesn't work out yeah how we made it work
1: we were working on some other stuff and we were you know putting out a real estate funnel and I was, and, and I'm, and you know, and I was like, I was like, dude, listen, I'm like, everybody in the brothers got a real estate funnel. Everybody's an expert. And I'll just say, if I was the number one boots on the ground trainer for the number one company in the United States, it makes me the number one trainer. And I'm getting tired of the nonsense of everybody else's. They flipped one house and now they're a genius. And I said, and I'm actually better th- at, at uh, training folk to get out of their own way. Like, there's a reason I'm setting in all these toys and all this collector stuff. I, I'm like, I'm actually better at training that. Why don't we shift to that? So we had some trial and error, trial, you know, trial and error. And Sammy's an idea guy and he had a lot of ideas. And I uh, went to my wife and I said, hey, I think I get Sammy laser focused if I tell him, why don't we partner up on something? And we weren't sure what we were partnering up on. I'm like, let's just partner up, and I'll I'll bring my my you know blockchain of work, if you will, my skill set and stuff. We're doing, and we'll match it with your skill set, and then we'll add others as we go. But let's go slow. So it was a it was a slow dating relationship, right? Okay. You know, to 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 get to where we're at, and then to bring the other because the, the whole entire team is nine people, the core team. Yeah. No. Yeah.
2: Now so, I do want to share something. Now. For those of you that are listening, I think this is super important. Sometimes the right mentor slash partner comes along and they make you an offer and you have to be ready to understand that you're going to go farther with someone else than you can go by yourself. And when Gary told me, hey, you got a little bit of entrepreneurial ADD, like shiny uh-huh. object, you know, and... Stuff like that. And the new idea comes up and I get excited about it for three or four days. And I go into a rabbit hole of doing all the research, but it doesn't go anywhere. So then when Gary said, Hey, I want you to be committed to a mutual goal. And, you know, after expenses, we split everything down the middle 50, 50. Guess what? That got my attention. I mean, he, he was like, smack me in the face and go, Hey, (laughs) right here, you and me. Right. Right. And I can tell you that that was a very pivotal time. You know, we were like mid COVID and everybody's trying to figure out business. And for Gary to do that for me was super special. And I, and I totally am so blessed by it. But when I share that story, I could have made a decision to be like, no, I got to do it on my own. I got to do my own thing. Yeah. And I'd still be doing these $100,000 or $250,000 little things but not ever going over that two comma and really expanding my belief that, hey, we just did 1.8 and now we're at 1.9. We're, we're gonna go more. We're gonna do millions and millions and now we're, our appetite is going for the two comma X and things like that. And it came from me, you know, essentially, I had to, I guess, you know, put down a little bit of my pride on my ego but also recognize that someone else recognized I could be a valuable part of their team. Yeah. And the power of collaboration is so important. So um that was a really important pivotal time. And I'm thankful <laughs> I made the the right decision. The right decision. Gary, you know, yeah, me too.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. how did you find so you said you had your funnel builder on stage mm-hmm. with you? How did you find mm-hmm. that person?
2: Um He was in that entrepreneurial community with us. Uh Oh,
0: right. Okay.
2: And the way our conversation started was crazy. Hey, I'm driving from New Jersey to California. We sold all of our belongings. I'm driving in a minivan. Tell me the top five or six places I have to stop as I'm driving across. Well, Brandon starts the conversation with, you need to check out the Corn Palace in South Dakota. I'm like, Corn Palace. I Google, oh, this is awesome. I'm so excited. (laughs) And we started our friendship over just a road trip discussion (laughs) in a a caravan just driving across America. And as I got to where I got to, I was like, hey, what do you do, bro? He's like, man, I build funnels. I do this. All right. So I packed it. Like, I was like, if this guy, you know, it, it can do this and he's good at funnels. Yeah. First of all, I just want to be the dude's friend and we genuinely like each other. And then we said, Hey, we need a funnel builder for our, our, our NFT and crypto project. Are you interested? He was like, yeah. And so just, you know, throwing that ask out into Mm -hmm. you know, Facebook and Uh getting, you know, starting that relationship or friendship around common things like driving across the country and corn and then getting, you know, (laughs) and through that, you know, realizing he's, excellent at building the funnels and being, you know, essentially building out a lot of the back end for us and um, and going from there.
0: So how did you. So you decided to do the project, but how did you decide on NFTs and cryptos? Where did you get that knowledge from?
1: We we both kind of had separate journeys. I, uh, I'm i involved in a copper mine in Africa. I do lots of crazy things. So my tolerance level for new things is tremendous, you know? So we'll flip <laughs> houses, tax business, mine for copper, you know? And, and so the partner we started with at the time, uh, who we since part ways with, was a little bit of a Wall Street genius and crypto genius and was talking Bitcoin and blockchain and we're going to do these things and we're going to figure out how to wrap in the mine. and then And then all of a sudden, that person wasn't in the mix anymore. So I heard all these wonderful things. I didn't know anything about it. And I and I was trying to find somebody to replace that person and doing interviews with people and just getting ridiculous dollar amounts to start coins of, you know, the, just before Sammy had uh, <clears throat> the idea on how to make this work. I, I think the quote I got was $1.2 million for exploration and setup and then you know then they said figure another two million dollars in advertisement and I was like well you know no offense the last thing and you know I actually actually I think I asked them if they were smoking something. <laughs> you know I am a t- I graduated high school in 1989. I say dude brother and awesome I'm very transparent from the front of the room I share too many things and I just hire where I talk is how I talk. So at the end of that I'm like dude are you smoking something? Are you high? Do you I, I'm like of all the things I'm gonna do with three and a half million dollars that's none of them. You know, and so that's, that's, I called Sammy and I'm like, I'm like, that dude was high. I don't know where he's coming up with his numbers, but we're not doing that. And so the, I, I, I think Sammy almost kind of took that as a challenge about like, well, what if I
2: could find a better way? Could we?
1: And so Sammy, if you want to take it from there or you're muted brother.
2: So, yeah. So, so I kind of had like, you know, that 1.2 million, to $2 million price tag out there. And I, started to do research and started having discovery calls with different technology firms that said they could do the blockchain, do the coding, help us with this stuff. And after about a uh, 45 days, I received proposals from a couple different companies and we're like, okay, these are the guys, these are the development team. Um, they can do it. And it was significantly better. And along the way, uh-huh. we found ab- out about this process called pre-selling, kind of like pre-IPO, bringing people in at earlier rounds at a much better, like, higher rate. Right. And then using those funds to fuel the fuel the marketing effort and the growth until, you know, the token goes live. So um, just along the way, learning, uh-huh. like, you know, I... I can spend hours and hours on YouTube watching Mr. Beast, or I can spend hours and hours on YouTube watching cryptocurrency training videos. Right, I spent right. a ton of time getting into the nuts and bolts and understanding and, because you know, again, I went to Carnegie Mellon. My friends were the computer programmers, the Java guys. I was never a programmer. I don't program code, but I was always the team leader and the business manager. And then and then even in my professional career, I didn't write code. What I did was I always interfaced with the users. I I, I would interfaced with, you know, to be able to be the bridge between someone who can talk tech, but still talk to the to the users. Cause that's, yeah. you know, as elegant as technology and code can be, if nobody knows what the heck it is, it doesn't matter. So, you know, being okay with think, you know, never saying, well, I don't know how to code. I need to go to a go get another spend more money on tuition so I can learn how to do this. I just knew to just be thankful in the skill sets that I have yeah, and the giftings that I have. So, yeah.
0: So has there been a time on this journey since you've been together where you thought about giving it up? Did you have any struggles that you had to overcome?
1: Not for me, you know, I've done a lot of other stuff. This is not the, the first time for me, to hit a million dollar mark. Yeah. I, I I would tell you, it's my most favorite because the way that I was going to do this and raise funds and what I was going to do is different than what we did. And so I was like, let me call a couple of buddies. We're going to put some money together and do this. And the team, uh, and Sammy was very adamant about this knee. If this opportunity is for everybody that it's for, it's got to be grassroots. You got to open up the opportunity. It means roll up your sleeves, get to work and do more things. And so, uh, so for me, um, i i would say that acts models our heart and what our hearts after and so i don't i, I don't overtly tell this but i mean like all the questions you're asking how do we find everybody uh, for lack of a better term i partnered with god and, and said let's do what's let's do what's right here for everybody and so even if we ran into a um a hiccup i would tell the guys i'm like you know I went through some crazy <laughs> podcast for a different time crazy stuff in africa fbi secret service type stuff involved like at a a different higher level so i'm like whatever we got going on over here guys is going to be normal in my world so for me it's just been an awesome ride the whole entire time i don't know the rest of the team shares that but for (laughs) me i've been like this is just this just been a blast
0: awesome okay so what's the main focus for the next 12 months now then
2: so everything with tokens and nfts Uh is building more intrinsic value, Uh right? Like, you know, Anthony Hopkins sells an NFT. He's a celebrity. He can Uh create intrinsic value around fame. For us, we need to build intrinsic value in what we're doing based on the training, based on is this stuff going to help people make more money, level up, and is it going to be valuable to them so that we can also charge more money? We have price increases that are slated along the way, and we gotta be able to justify those price increases. And so our whole thing is developing the community, giving the community every single resources available because we don't wanna take money from a thousand people and only have 200 of them be successful or a hundred of them be successful. We want a higher percentage of our people taking action Doing, carrying out, you know, the thing, the principles of what we're teaching, and start to be successful, so that they will become better spokespersons. You know, like when someone loses like tons of weight, right? It's such an easy thing for everybody around them to be like, "Hey, tell me what you did," because you can see the difference, see the results. Well, yeah. So seeing the results of somebody financially leveling leveling up isn't just driving around or taking a selfie in front of an Aston Martin or a Lamborghini. It's much more about, man, that person was really weird about money. And I could tell there was a lot of poverty in their situation. That person is totally different now. And it's not because I see the money they're spending or what they're taking, you know, they're showing on Instagram, but they've really become different. How do I get what they have? Hey, let me introduce you to, you know, this Axe financial training because it's been a difference. It's been It's meant the world to me. And then people would be like, well, if... You know, essentially, if they can topple the one big domino and their secrets are going to help me, then I want what they have. Right. And so, so that's really the goal is, all right, we brought in the funds. We have enough money to fuel our business for the next 12 to 18 months. Now we're going to use that money in a, in a, as stewards uh-huh. to now make our program worth 10 times more than what we, what we charged six months ago
0: right okay and, i know yeah, you yeah, have you got plans to run any ads now
2: yeah yeah actually yeah. uh the coolest thing ever while uh-huh. we were in line to get our two comma award i was behind the guy that was his second time winning his two comma uh-huh. award he went to he's he went to the same college i did all right and you know and he brought his his children a teenager and a seven-year-old and i was just so impressed that he would bring his whole family you know essentially i was like you know your kids are ruined they're never going to want to like do a regular job he's like mm-hmm. yeah i know yeah. and um and so what we got to talk and we found out that he's, you know he runs tra- he manages traffic campaigns and we just decided hey let's start with a small engagement with him to see how it could work and he's been fantastic so we went to orlando to meet more of the right people uh-huh. yeah. and it was so cool that Essentially, your magnetism and your desires on who you want to meet, you just kind of broadcast that. And in the general concourse, we just kept meeting the right people and having great conversations. And, right, right. You know, I mean, we were in, we, I was, I mean, I love the information that they were sharing out inside the main room. But for me personally, being around like-minded entrepreneurs and just having like cool conversations and then, being like hey this person I think they got the right mindset or they got the right skill set let's talk to them about engaging with them as somebody helped to help our project so that's really been you know how things have gone
0: all right awesome okay I've got one final question for both of you if Mm -hmm. you were going to be an animal for 24 hours what would you be and why let's go to Gary first
1: i an animal for for 24 hours, uh, and I, and I get to pick uh, uh, anything. Yep. Uh, I, I I'm I'm thinking, uh, uh, you know, uh, like blue whale size in the ocean, but maybe megalodon. I I would love to see what's in the depths of the ocean and to go to places. Assuming that I get to keep my knowledge mm-hmm. and go explore and see what's going on.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Sammy.
2: So uh, this imagery right here, it looks like a, a wave, but it's also a phoenix's head.
0: All right. Okay. And,
2: you know, I think um, about a bird of prey that is majestic, that also knows it's not supposed to be hanging around with turkeys. Mm. You are the king of the birds and you need to know your position, and if the Phoenix, the beginning of a Phoenix's life is rising from the ashes, guess Uh what? You didn't die. You didn't fail. You just learned a way not to do the thing you were trying to do. Lick your wounds, pick yourself up, and, and, and get back to it. So for me, the phoenix is something that I just love the imagery of what it is and how, you know, even any artwork around phoenixes or large Mm -hmm. birds of prey that are the top of the food chain. I just love it.
0: Nice. I like that. Okay, so thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me. It's been awesome. If anybody who's listening wants to find out Mm -hmm. more about what you do, where can they go?
2: So xtoken.com, A-C-T-S-T-O-K-E-N.com. We have the website there. We got a white paper. You can see the information. You can, you know, figure out how to get involved. You can go to our Facebook business page. Just search um, Axe token, A-C-T-S token again. And there's a, you know, you can message with us. And um, then we got that tied into our chat bot and things like that. So yeah, we'd love to, you know. Yeah, thank Thank you. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please take a moment to leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast software. It really helps us rank the podcast and get more listeners. And if you're over on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the bell. Every Friday, 8am GMT, we release a brand new episode. And until then, have a good one.